0: today on gospel unscripted it was beyond just enough it was abundant yeah sometimes what you want and what you need aren't always the same
1: they they wanted a healing they needed a healing Mm. so they were they were following jesus to get that healing Everybody. Welcome to Gospel Unscripted. Today, we're here to encourage you and to pray for you and to read through the gospel with you.
0: Our job today is to make connections and observations and ask questions all in an unscripted manner. If you've watched any of the podcasts before, you'll know that, that we we have not practiced this before, which may be obvious. You'll never You just never know. Um, but we want to just join with you in pursuing the heart of Jesus and just Listening for and looking for the ways that he shows us that there was a future and a hope for you and me and and all of us. Let's get started. I
1: guess I'll pray for us, and then we'll introduce um, our guest here. Okay, Lord, thank you so much for today. We just lift this time up to you. We give you our thoughts and our heart, God, and we just ask that you would open our eyes and our mind and our hearts to what you would have us learn today in Jesus name. Amen. 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 So this is our guest, Heather Fantasma. She is a friend of mine from church and she lives here in the kind of South of Kansas city area. And, um, I'm just so happy to have you on. Thanks for joining us, Heather. Heather, would you like to share anything about yourself? My name's Heather. Um, I have
2: been Following Jesus for twenty, almost twenty six years now. Um, Married to my uh, my husband Aaron for seventeen years, and we have uh, five wonderful children, and we're just kind of you know on an adventure, kind of you know all walking together here, all all in our house all the time. Since my husband (laughs) works from home and we homeschool, so we're
1: just we're just all here living together all the time. (laughs) Some some of my favorite things about Heather is that um, she loves to sew and she will sew oh. her kids' clothes. And oh I love that. It's just really fun <laughs> seeing the unique really fun. things that they wear. All right. So we are here to
0: discuss John chapter six. It's hard to believe that we are, I mean. In one hand, we're going slowly because there are 20 chapters to John. And we've been doing this for months. Yeah. <laughs> but and we're just now to chapter six. But there's just so much to unpack. And truly, you know, this going through it in this way, I I have learned so much by taking these chapters slowly and kind of praying on them and chewing on them a little bit, you know, and seeing mm-hmm. what what God is trying to teach there. And there's always something new to get from reading scripture. So you read it today, you'll get one thing. You read it tomorrow, you'll get the next thing. I mean, there's always something new in God's word. So I'll go ahead and read out this first section of John 6. I'm going to pull it up. Jesus feeds the 5,000. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberius, And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself.
1: The first thing I noticed is that in verse 1, after this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, but in chapter five. Chapter five, verse one, after this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. So he's in Jerusalem.
0: Well, I think it said feast of the tabernacles and something that I read last week.
1: It might not have been like right after this, because Jesus' ministry was like three years long-ish. He says after this. And so I'm thinking after this, what does after this mean in the scheme of three years? you know, this is one right. thing that happened after that. So
0: yeah, time is flashy and not exact. I think a
1: yeah.
0: two hour, two hour perception. So we've got Sea of Tiberias, Sea of Galilee, Sea of Gennesaret, And I think they're all the same place, according to what I'm reading.
2: Um, I have a footnote in one of the other versions that I have out, open about that and it, on the Sea of Tiberias part, it says, this is a parenthetical note by the author. Only John in the New Testament refers to the Sea of Galilee by the name of Sea of Tiberias. Uh, but this is, uh, this is correct local usage. In the mid 20s, uh, Herod completed the building of the town of, of Tiberias on the Southwestern shore of the lake. After this time, the name came into use for the lake itself. So it's
0: all, I mean, it's interesting how important that little piece of water is. I mean, we call it a sea to me. It's more of a lake. Yeah. In verse two, it talks about the crowd following him because of the signs he was doing, but we don't know how long they've been following him. Yeah. You know, it could have been a shorter period, a longer period, but it's a massive group from what we're getting later.
1: Verse three, Jesus went up on the mountain. We know that it's not really a big mountain. It's just kind of a, a hill. He went up, on the mountain, sat down with his disciples and verse four, now the Passover, the feast of the Jews was at hand. And, you know, reading the ESV, I think, oh, it must've been the Passover. And so I was confused about why he would be in Galilee if it was the Passover, because you would think that Jesus would be in Jerusalem. In the NIV, it says the Passover was near in a few other versions, it says that it was close to the Passover. So yeah, at
0: hand to me. Yeah, I get that. When I read that English, I was thinking, not quite, but getting there. Also, yeah. a note back to where it says he sat down with his disciples to teach. Now, Heather, you said you homeschool, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So when you teach, do you sit with your kids when you teach your kids? Or do you
2: stand? I'm curious. Um- I typically sit with them actually, like, um, I, I'm probably not, am not a very good homeschooler, so
1: I'm not like,
2: <laughs> so I'm usually like, you know, min- maximum comfort and, and minimal effort usually, so there's a lot of teaching that happens either sitting in our living room or uh, sitting around our dining room table, but I usually sit down with, with each of them one-on-one based on what, what they're doing and like what their grade, their grade level and things like that, but. But yes, I typically do sit with them.
0: Well, and it's interesting because when I read that, I'm like in my classroom, if I sit down, like I have lost a position of power with those children. And so, cause you know, I've got a, I've got a group that I'm dealing with usually. And I'm thinking that's, and that's a culturally different way to, that was a posture of teaching in, in Jewish culture for the rabbi so that's, that's actually
2: like that's a really good point though too because I have found that like sitting works with my kids because if I'm sitting down with them and pursuing uh, something in a conversational way um, rather than kind of lording it over them as like like being like academically in charge over them they just they don't seem to hear me as much so <laughs> I wonder I
1: mean, yeah I know, yeah work wow. better sitting next to
2: them talking and you know having a conversation rather than you know trying to You know, giving a homily of of any kind or anything like
1: that. Verse three Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat down with his disciples. So Jesus is always in a teaching mode, he's always helping them to understand greater truths. And yet, at this scene, he's not telling them something, he's helping them figure it out.
0: And he's teaching adults too. You know, I think about this Mm -hmm. it's not a group of children. I mean, we assume. Later on, we'll talk about that. That there were children and women there, even though it really only addresses the number of men. But this teaching was overarchingly aimed at adult Jewish people and not yeah. children. So just interesting contrasts and teaching style for your audience. piece of the Jews is at hand. And then it says lifting up his eyes then and seeing that the large crowd was coming here. Jesus is seeing all these people and saying to Philip, well, what's you going to do about this? You know, mm-hmm. where, where are you going to buy bread so that these people can eat? I mean, I'd be freaking out. I think about, so we just had a party for my husband. He's, he just had a, a landmark birthday and it, we celebrated with his family a couple, a of weeks ago and I mean I was buying food and making lists for like three weeks before you know the, and it was only about 40 or 50 people and here you got 5,000 and he's asking the dude not even a lady who's traveling with them who would probably normally be in charge of this right right he's saying what are you gonna do how are you gonna feed all these people because I mean if I didn't have any food and those 50 people showed up in my mother-in-law's house I would
2: have been freaked out a little bit it's Passover, so the Jews are cleaning all of the yeast out of their houses. Bread would have been probably difficult to get a hold of easily, anyway. Wow, because they're—I mean—they're not making bread right then. They're, they're wow. bread- that leaven has to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, so when Jesus asks that question of Philip, is it a—is it? I mean, it's a literal question. Here, here they are in an unusual situation and jesus has somewhat established i i mean i hate to use the word habit of doing signs but but he has in this book been doing several signs that are revealing his power and who he is and and is this jesus kind of putting philip on the spot saying here's this thing going on you know, what have you have you learned anything? Like, what do you think's gonna happen? What should you be connecting this to?
1: And just a reminder that it's it's five thousand men, right? The people have been following him because of the miracles, that it was likely five thousand men, which would include five more thousand possible women and possibly many thousands of children i mean likely lots of children because you know the children sometimes like the children would have been sick and the parents would have been bring, following jesus bringing their kids to have jesus heal their children or um, or elderly parents or you know whoever but they they wanted a healing they needed a healing mm-hmm. so they were they were following jesus to get that healing and, and You know, it could have been more than that too. You know, I'm sure some of them thought this is, this is our Messiah. I'm right. I mean, just think of all the people in Samaria in chapter four that, I mean, all a conglomerate of people had learned that, I mean, they, they were ready. They were considering Jesus, the Messiah, and, and they could have followed him from Samaria up to Galilee so yeah, he's he was, collecting
0: people the whole he's, time.
1: He's collecting you people know? from all over.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, talk about lost We're puppy syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when people end up, I mean, I, every time I go to the pound, I feel like I need another puppy at my house. But, <laughs> I mean, I do not, but Jesus just, you know, an entourage just kept following him. And then I looked up and I don't know if I said that word correctly. I'm saying denarii, denari- a denarius would be the day's wage for a laborer right
1: i think i've heard it denarii what what do you know heather you're the language person
2: i i think it probably doesn't really matter because it's not an english word so and none of us so we say it how we want (laughs) there you go
0: (laughs) but two it says 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little i mean that's that's two-thirds of a year's work
1: and then the fact that you know where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? And all over, I mean, the entire book of John is filled with Jesus reminding his disciples that his food is to do the will of him who sent me and that his food is different than our food. And, well, and it's all
2: calling back to Moses, you know, in the desert with the Hebrews originally, and like when God provided manna for them, like they're kind of, you know, it's, this whole thing is calling back to that same thing, to that same story.
1: Wow.
0: Right. Yes. And I, I read some teaching on that too. The Passover, which we've covered in other episodes. Um, so I won't get into all of that, but the, the, they're celebrating this Passover to remember how God saved the, the Hebrew people and brought them out of slavery in Egypt, right? So this commentary that I've been using, which I I did link in the last episode and I'll I'll probably link it again. Jesus in John six is, it starts with water, right? It starts with the sea, just like the Hebrew Mm. children were crossing the Red Sea, right? So you have that water element going on. And then the people follow him, just like the people followed Moses, the people followed Moses out of Egypt. The people That's are following cool. Jesus. Um, they see the signs, and then even the mountain. You know, they're using the word mountain, even though we know is basically a hillside. Mm-hmm. But in Exodus, the Mount Mount Sinai was a place where they met with God. Right. So there's all
1: these. Oh my
0: goodness! Illusions. Wow. All these illusions. And and even the feeding of the five thousand with what appears to be insufficient food right it's it's barley which is cheap and not as good as wheat right it's you can make unleavened bread from barley like they would be having during the passover um but that that little food is not enough and just like in the in egypt as you said the manna was provided by god to the people here jesus provides I mean, he provides physical bread, but then, of course, we get to the better bread even later. And it all it makes me think of our discussion from last chapter, where Jesus has been continually trying to reason with the Jews for them to understand where his authority comes from.
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: and he's establishing that Moses has been teaching about
1: him this whole wow. time. That's so and amazing. It, Here's this
0: neat story. I mean, not story. Neat connection that these people can make with, with, with words they already know. That, you know, God's word as as reported by Moses, and here Jesus is is doing it in front of them again. He's he's his own witness over and over. Right. Again.
1: He's ex- explaining with action.
0: As they go on, they find that the boy of course Internet. it's a child yeah <laughs> a child a child is is holding the beginnings of this solution mm-hmm. right with the five loaves the two fish and does this remind does this phraseology and I know we're going to get to this later but in verse 11 where it says Jesus then took the loaves and when he had given thanks like that oh, little bit." oh
1: yes I mean
0: those words totally brought me to communion which I know we're going to talk about right. later on but in my into the tradition that i grew up in those are the words of institution like when he had given thanks he took the bread and broke it and and gave it to his disciples saying you know so yeah. it, it it may it totally made me think of communion and i and i didn't really at other times that i have read this
1: i just noticed that you know jesus had them all sit down you know like they were patiently waiting and that posture is a posture of peace, you know, sitting down, like I'm ready to receive what you have to give me, you know, it's just kind of cool.
0: And then they start passing around these five loaves and there's these two fish, but those people, they, so also the fish as much as they wanted, these people ate as much as they wanted. It wasn't even just what they needed. It was all that they wanted. Yeah. I don't know if that's what that is intended to say, but that's what I got when I read that. Yeah. Sometimes what you want and what you need aren't always the same. But mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was beyond just sad, just enough. It was abundant.
1: Yeah. That remind that in, it reminds me of that Isaiah 55. I don't know how many times I read this passage as a child and just marveled at these words, Isaiah 55. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat, come buy wine and milk without money, without price. Why do you spend your money for that, which is not bread and your labor for that, which does not satisfy? It's just so cool to just to, to see this, you know, as it's, it's like, it's like bread, but we know that the bread of the bread of God is more satisfying than any bread that we can eat. That's Physical here,
0: And then one more note on, on verse 10 that I had, it's a note about the number. Cause this, whenever I read here, this commentary said it could be up to 20,000 people. And I thought, what is, I can't even fathom 20,000 people. Mm-hmm. And then if you think about it though, I Googled it, that the uh, sprint center downtown can seat around 19,200 people. Wow. So it's like a filled sprint center. I mean, isn't that, yes, that's really cool with, with baskets left over. I mean, Jesus is not stingy with his, God is not stingy with his provision for us. Yeah, I mean, we may, we may choose to look at our, our need and our situation like, oh, it's just never what, maybe what we want or desire, but God is, is never stingy. He is always loving more abundantly and giving more profoundly than, than we can ask or imagine if we can open our eyes and see it.
1: So I was talking on the phone with Heather, was it yesterday? And you were telling me about this really cool story about how you were able to help, um, a bunch of different families get some fresh produce and you should tell that story.
2: So I got all this, uh, all these boxes of, um, of berries that there was like, one bad one in the entire package and i don't know about you guys but i feel like every time i get a package of strawberries out of my refrigerator there's always one or two bad ones in the package like oh yeah so we went i went and got all these and i thought like well i can you know freeze them or i can you know give them away or whatever but like this thing is just kind of rapidly snowballed i have another friend that's helping me with it and like i mean i think we've had like some like 60 cantaloupes and like i mean just uh, 48 packages of pre-cut fruit, like fruit salad, that didn't even expire for another couple of days. And like this friend and I, we both know how to make um, perishable food into non-perishable food, you know, by canning or freezing or whatever. Like wow. I, I, I made 26 jars of berry preserves yesterday. Um,
1: <laughs> wow. And, then,
2: and I made another about that same amount, la- like earlier in the week. And I can't I make mean, them just like all the. Way. Corn and like, and some of it, you know, is like, is, fr- is stuff that you don't really preserve, like, like cantaloupe. Like, you don't, you, know, you can't really, you can freeze it, but You only mm-hmm. freeze so much. So that was kind of scrambling to find more people to eat cantaloupe. So we figured out like last week, we had, we got this produce onto 13 different families' tables. I mean, it takes some work for sure. And I mean, and a good portion of it wasn't any good anymore, but so it, it did end up going to animals or into compost bins or, you know, whatever, but a large portion of it was salvageable. It was just crazy how it was like literally actually just, you know, wow. wait, waste, you know, like extras left over leftover
1: and over.
2: Yeah. And been able to turn into something different and not just that it's been, um, such a, an inroad to, uh, conversations with like in relationship with people that I really haven't talked to a whole lot. Like, so with some neighbors and then, um, kitchen staff at a restaurant that I, that we go to a lot. And like, I mean, just uh, God takes things that are, you know, not just perishable, but pretty much considered perished, um, Mm -hmm. and can turn them into something new, you know? So it's kind of, it's, um, an honor to be able to, um, to play act that like, you know, little kids make, you know, make dinner on their play kitchens.
1: I feel like I'm doing that. <laughs> wow. But, That's beautiful. Well, I
0: think it's a real world example, just again, of, of how God could take something so small and turn it into this, this beautiful gift that blesses so many.
1: All right. So with 14, When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. They saw the sign. Yep, this is it. He's the one. He's our king. And they're ready to take him by force and, and make him rule the way that they wanted him to rule
2: well and like they were looking specifically for um deliverance from Rome right like and they were you know yes. comparing that. so they're looking for Moses to deliver them from from Egypt again so they're looking yes. for Jesus to deliver them from Rome which you know as we know it's not really what Jesus was there to do but but like right. a, that the like the footnote that i have says like specifically that it's a reference to a prophet like Moses from of uh, Deuteronomy 18:15
0: well, and you know, their reaction is just like the woman at the well too. You know, they, she asked him, are are you a, I perceive that you're a prophet. That was her first words to Jesus when, mm-hmm. when he's telling her all these things, you know, she, she goes to that prophet thing. They don't initially, even though they've been waiting for Messiah, no one and John, except for his disciples, if you think about it, his disciples, when he says, come follow me and, and they are, they are into the understanding even at the beginning that jesus could be the is the messiah is the messiah right but these groups of people you know they're they're going to that prophet thing that is the understanding that's their framework i guess because sometimes when you hope for something so long i mean you just don't always see it when it's right in front of you And I'm sure for some of these people, this is what that was. And what's Jesus' response to them wanting to make him king? He withdraws. He goes
1: away. I think initially when I read this the very first time, I thought, oh, maybe he's avoiding the Passover because it's not yet his time. But then now I think we figured out that it wasn't that he was avoiding the Passover, but the Passover had, it was near, you know, like you've said before jesus he knows when is the right time and and it wasn't the right time to at that point so
0: let's go ahead and pray this little section out okay dear lord thank you so much just for making sure that we know this 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 telling of of your story Lord Jesus, this portion of, of how you so abundantly provide. And Lord, as we just consider these words, please help us to not only ask for abundance, but look for that abundance, Lord, that you provide in so many ways. And we thank and praise you um, for, for the ways that you continually provide for us. And Lord, just help us always to be aware of your goodness and your grace that just overflow from your wonderful heart. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. (music) We'll <music>